0: Hello and welcome to the Dash Arts Podcast. I'm Rachel Hedge and I am joined today by our incredible Dash Arts producer who's normally far too busy to speak to us, Christina. Hey Christina. Hello. What a nice introduction <laughs> that I'm not deserving of. Well I kind of, you know, railroaded you into being here today because I feel like I'm not the expert on why we, we did so many of the things we did for Dido's bar, but you are. I'll go with it.
1: Yep. I'll go along. <laughs> <Yeah. on. laughs>
0: Dinos Bar's finished for now, which seems a little bit mad given how much time we all, but especially you and Josephine, have given to it. Um, and Dinosaur Bar is this incredible show and we've talked about so much, but there was also so much more to it and the idea that we did, we wanted to do community reach during the project. So in this episode, we're going to look at some of the time we worked with the young people at community links and some of the work that they're doing and, um, I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about who they are and how you came into contact with
1: them yeah thank you so so to to frame it sort of go going back a step when we were looking at how the show itself would sit within this new community for us in Newham, uh, we wanted really to embed it within the community, and for that, we had various different activity. And for example, one of it was creating this little traveling stall, traveling bar, which one of our collaborators, Manuel, who's a brilliant performer, but also a maker, designed and built with the help of our two amazing interns, Scott and Callum. And it was fantastic. It was one of those like doll's houses that you just sort of put together. He designed it really cleverly and you could like put it up within and take it down within 15 minutes. And it went to Kids Summer Splash and to Britannia Village Day. What was wonderful is that people traded stories for cherry juice and pomegranate juice, which are part of the play. So that was really lovely and had so many interesting conversations. We were able to tell them about the show, but also we were able to collect uh, recipes that reminded them of home and little stories that reminded them of home. Home, And we built this amazing map that was across the whole world and people put a pin in where they or their families were from. And it honestly it was just full of pins all over the place. And it was so fantastic and a reminder that Newham is a real hub of people from all over the place, a real melting pot. The other thing we did was is we curated a series of interval acts. So every show of Dido's bar had in the interval a local musician or duo playing and the styles of music were sort of sympathetic to the style of the show, but also, you know, slight departures. And it was a, um, a fantastic showcase of local talent. It blew us all away. You know, we had obviously our actors who were pretending to be Musicians in a bar, of course, they were all very gifted actor musicians. And then what was lovely was to sort of pass through this interval with a musician who, who does do that for, you know, day in, day out. Um, and Wayne covered some fantastic talent. I'm sure you can find the little clips on our social media. And then another um, activity was this workshop with community links. Because um, Amanda, who's a youth support and development officer there and actually a musician herself, came to one of our meet and greets early on, and we were brainstorming, thinking, what can we do? Um, Community Links is this fantastic hub of training, education, support for local communities and beyond in East London. And she, in particular, works with uh, groups of young people who some of them are doing, I think, a sort of a degree, I think, in media and music, and she's their sort of support worker. And they have this fantastic facility, which you know because you you were you, you were there with me, which was previously a morgue, redesigned by a Finnish, of, of funnily enough Finnish. We had so many Finnish collaborators in the show, uh redesigned by a Finnish architect as this state-of-the-art media studio with a music uh, studio and equipment with state-of-the-art computers, a computer room, so people could uh, make music, edit it, and then also a podcast room. You know, again, people could edit podcasts. They were probably in the room. It was, a t- it was quite a small room, but really well-equipped, and we all bundled ourselves in. It was, it was fantastic. The energy was fantastic and went around, and all the young adults told us a little bit about themselves and their names, and, again, they came from different uh, backgrounds and some of them from different countries and – had really varied interests and skills, you know, from making music, making art, um, filmmaking. They were incredible musicians. They were, yeah. you know, these like they were like between, what, 15
0: and 19? To like tw- 20, 21, yeah. And they were talking about playing, you know, in um, playing bass in this band and had this gig the other day. And I was like, I was not
1: that cool when i was 15 i know very talented it was amazing that obviously through community links they're able to develop those talents and build careers from it you know and train from them so that's that's really important when you want to be an artist and you don't quite know how i mean this was like a a perfect environment for it and they have amazing support and equipment so then we um yeah we decided we would create uh, a couple of workshops uh creating a podcast episode together with their contributions and talking a little bit about process for making a podcast. And and the first one we did together, didn't we? And my idea was to read a scene from Dido's Bar, the play. We'll have the young people read it out loud and then discuss what came up for them from that scene. What were the themes that were emerging and then how they themselves responded to those themes. So I think in one of the scenes between Dido and Aeneas, I think themes of love, themes of journeying, of home, and that brought up a lot of responses and, and they were talking about it and reflecting on it. And then of course they went into the podcast room with you and then you recorded those reflections.
0: Yeah. This episode is going to be made up of of snippets of our conversations about Dido's bath. So from including a little bit of where they they read those scripts and the, using them as a jumping off point to discussions on um, themes of love and family, refugees, loss. It was a real pleasure to hear what they had to say about it. And um, the recordings are all very... Everyone's talking and everyone's got ideas and um, and you can really tell the difference when we're recording in that room, just getting everybody's initial thoughts to when we went into the studio because I've included a mixture of... Of both, and then we should say before I launch into the interviews, the artwork for the episode um, and the music that Im- runs in between the, the snippets was created by two of the
1: young people as well. Yes, I think the the young artist whose um, artwork people will be able to see when listening to the episode. I think she'd had an exhibition at. Theatre Royal Stratford East I think if I'm not mistaken it was part of a particular exhibition and yeah people could could, could go and see her work and just before I launch into these I just want to say a huge thank
0: you to Amanda Brown the Youth Support and Development Officer that we were working with and we want to say a huge thank you to the Royal Docs team for their support of the community programme and also acknowledge our wonderful writer Hattie Naylor whose script you can hear snippets of being read out by the young people thank you thank you
2: we, we are sisters. 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 So she goes home. Runs home. Broken.
1: Ditto in tears.
2: Alone. Alone. This fugitive. Ditto. I'm fugitive. Vagrant. Queen. There's 11.
1: There's been letters before.
2: But this one, this one. Oh, we didn't say. Mm mm mm. She's illegal, of course. But then, union. knew.
0: We get them cheap that way. It's
2: how We do business, you see. And they work so much harder.
1: In perpetually harder.
2: You get a good job done.
1: When there's nowhere to run.
2: So she goes home, broken.
1: Ditto in tears. Alone,
2: alone. It's beautiful, vagrant. Mm-hmm. And this one, this one comes with, with a knock at the door.
1: And the tiny heart. So shattered already.
2: Rises as they pile in.
1: Splintering, shattering, the door bashed down.
2: Oh, Ditto's arrested.
1: This world-weary queen. They snatch her away, and by the next day, she's returned to a land that will hunt her down and be her end. Dido. Like many. Like many. We are sisters. Sisters.
2: You are like me.
1: I am like you. Ditto. Dido. Great. Okay, cool. Well done, guys. Really good read People listening, what did you get from that? What did you get from it? About
2: their sisters.
1: Their sisters. What's wrong with Dido's status? She got reported to the police. Did anyone understand why? No. But it seems that someone's reported Dido, even though she's a musician in their own bar, right? She makes them money because she sings. She's a good singer. But someone, for whatever reason, has reported her to the police, and now she's being reported. So in terms of themes in that scene, what would you say is like a theme of that little scene? If I said to you it's about um, competition, would you say yes or no?
2: Yeah, one, one will try to up you. Up
1: that's really good. You, you can pick that up in the way they talk to each other, the way they sort of try and outdo like each other. Yeah, that's great. Uh, if I said to you it's about... Um, refugees? Would you say yes or no?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you know anyone in your life who you have a bit of a love-hate relationship with that you feel like you like them, you like hanging out with them? They may be quite similar to you or they're into similar things but there's certain things that you just and you feel a bit in competition with each other, you want to outdo each other, you want to like, if that person does one thing you want to do it just as well or you want to do it as well. If
2: a lot of you men say family, I swear them.
3: Yeah, family, especially my sisters. <laughs>
2: Any <Yeah>. family member you have, the way the way me and my me and my and my brother, my sister, like, probably my whole entire family, we just compete with each other.
1: And is that a good thing, or like what what's the result of you competing with each other? I mean, it's, it's a bit of both. You
2: know, you know what I'm saying because because if they if they compete with you, they'll not They compete with you. They they might want to compete to get the best out of you.
1: So it can make you feel equally um, unconfident, but it can also push you to do better, to try your hardest. Mm -hmm. So it's that push and pull, isn't it? That's interesting. What were you going to say? I was
3: going to add that it brings you closer, Mm because I've noticed when me and my sister compete, we've got like this unbreakable bond that it's hard for anyone to get in between. So I feel like competition in family can be a positive thing, as well as a negative thing, but it depends on the the two people competing. So for me and my sister, she does artwork. I make, I produce music. So when she's got like um, big events going on, I'm thinking in my head, how can I make myself have a big event? How can I be in spotlight as well? So yeah, I just learn a lot from my sister because of her confidence. So I'm just like, I I want to be as confident as her and she brings it out in me as well. So I think it's a good thing.
1: That's really valuable and true. (laughs) What are you feeling about that? I'm not
4: confident at all.
1: So maybe confidence is less about how you're feeling and more about Mm -hmm. how people see you. Mm -hmm. Has anyone had an experience of migrating or going from one place to another, being new and being perceived a certain way?
4: In primary school, it's good to read scrub just down the street and, um, it was, I think it was, I was in year six, my first year in. And, uh, I remember there was this one kid called Marshall. He would be like, you know how every school literally has their own class grounds and everything, and yeah. he would end up literally annoying every teacher, like, with the, all the time, even if he came outside of the, like, um, thingy, isolation or whatever, he would end up still annoying the hell out of everyone in school, but, like, by trying to be a school clown, like a class clown, but um, I remember we were talking about where I'm from and you know how back then there was like some people that would maybe discriminate Romanians or Russians or whatever? Um, I ended up getting like false assumptions made about me and as you said being told to go home. Where are you from then? I'm half, uh, Russian half Romanian. Do you
1: speak Romanian? Yeah.
4: Uh, To you. Not for anyone.
1: That as well.
4: Interesting. A little
1: excitement in your voice. Okay, how did you overcome the way you were
4: just. Stop listening to them. Just don't give them the attention they want. The only reasons they either come up to you and discriminate you, it's either that they are lonely and they don't know what, like, Oh, they're supposed to treat people or there's just like technically, technically just taking the out of you. So you the so like, for their satisfaction
1: yeah it can be quite a disorientating experience to come to a new place and um, experience how people perceive you and it's not uh, just true for for migrants like us but also for like just moving schools moving areas like coming into a new group like I'm sure you all have those experiences
0: so we've been reading uh some of the diners bar scenes we've been talking about the themes of jealousy and conflict and family and the idea of of starting again and you had some
3: really interesting insights shannon so family there's always a positive and a negative in like you have one person that will be jealous of you or jealous of someone else in the family like for me it's always been my father he's always been jealous of me and my sister because we don't listen to what he says any negative things or comments he makes no. don't listen we just continue doing everything that we want to do so that's positive <laughs> and he doesn't like it and um, I feel like jealousy can ruin like relationships and yeah. friendships, especially because of the way in society we live in today, we have we re- heavily rely on social media. So every time we have a feeling or we feel like something's up with our bodies or we just generally feel sick, we what we go on we go on social media and then it starts to make you panic. That's what society wants you to do, it wants you to compare yourself to other people. So and I just wanted to add as well, like, um, reading about Ditto's bar, from what I can get, it's like there's a lot of having to be compared to someone mm. and feeling different. And social media does that to a lot of people. Like it it doesn't really matter where you come from, it doesn't matter your country, your background, your religion, your sexuality, your pronouns, it shouldn't matter because as as we all know, we are all people. We're all human. Um, we breathe the same air, have the yes. same blood. So why why does it matter where you come from? Um, why does it even matter like what language you speak? Yeah, I think we should all stop being ignorant and just like sit down and ask people like what languages do they speak? Like what type of food do you have? What's your traditional, uh, I don't know, music or 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 food or milk. That way we, we begin to learn more about others instead of being ignorant and saying, oh, I'll just go back home, Like this is not your country, which yeah. I feel that is highly disrespectful because I used to live in South East London. I had to move to East London and I felt alienated because I was like, this is not the area I grew up in. I don't know anything about it. I don't know where certain things are. And then I started to put in my mind, like, this is probably what people feel like when they have to move from their country because their country's at war or they come here for a better career, or any, any any of those solutions that you can think of. It's just like, I started to feel like I was in their shoes. Yeah, we're all speaking English and everything, but it's like, I'm in a different area that like, people are gonna look at me and judge me like, oh, this is a new person in our area, like, what's she doing in our area? And it's like, it's like that when we have people coming from different countries, and we're so quick to say like, oh, what are they doing in our country? Like, who are they that they shouldn't be yeah. here?
0: Dodo's Bar was so much about, like, finding, trying to find that safe space and mm-hmm. trying to find that sense of community. Like, do you sort of feel like that's what you've got here with this
3: place? Yeah, with Community Links, I feel like I have a safe space because every young person, that because I volunteer here, every young person that I've met so far, I always make sure that I have, like, this bond with them individually where I get to know them. Because generally, I'm a curious person. I love to learn about other people. And community links is like a family home to me because I can I know that there's always support with people here, Mm -hmm. and just just being in a place where I know that young people on on the streets and they're not involved in the cruel world of violence, they're actually coming here, they're doing something productive, and I know like staying at home can be the best, but sometimes you need to get out. Yeah, meet meet people. Yeah, actually have people to talk to.
0: Different script this week. So last week we were looking at like the ideas of like family and competition and rivalry and sort of leaving as new scriptures between Dido and Aeneas. So in Dido's bar.
4: Um, Alright, Gabriel, I'm gonna be Dido. Aneas a is a man and Dido is a
0: woman.
4: Okay, Gabriel, you're gonna be Dido, I'm gonna be Aneas. <laughs> I
3: know, like. Yeah. I want to do it like, honestly. <laughs> it's giving uh... You can just do
0: your normal accent if you want to. Not that we're
3: not loving that journey for
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
4: go for it. We've just arrived. Ah, oh, yes. It is so wonderful to be here. I haven't snugged for so long. It is wonderful. Yes. And you have a place to stay, to eat? Not exactly. Ah that's always very hard when you arrive. I should go. I've been here just a day. Well this is my second day.
0: I don't hesitate.
4: You don't have family here. No they No. So you need a place to stay?
0: And yes, not and then reluctantly.
2: <sighs> okay, I'll help you. You you will? Of course. I fought with your fame, you know. It would be easy for you. I did not arrive armed with fame, though. Know. Uh, my fame is small, I think. takes
0: this in, nodding slightly.
2: Okay, so rooms upstairs, and then tomorrow we'll find we'll find
4: somewhere better. I have no status. I mean, they they the smugglers put us ashore along the coast. They took all my papers. Ah well, I'll you soon. i as soon as you can. But then, you. but then the authorities will know I'm here.
2: You're from Troy. Everyone knows your country was destroyed. It'll be easier for you. There's a hierarchy of asylum seekers. We all know what happened to your people. And and you, you're legal now. Of course. <laughs> what helps me is the two dives, the one before and the one after. This idea helps me. Maybe there's more than two. And I think. And I think you can avoid the bugs, believe me. And listen, you don't have to say. You never have to say. But for me, it helps. It stops the bugs appearing when you don't want them there. So,
4: what
0: do you think that was about?
2: They were just reminiscing about oh, what do you think that's just happened around in the area? Because, you know, as we've heard, as we've heard from how I read, my amazing reading. They're talking about how their city will alter, ultimately perish and, and, and how they wish they could go back to it, essentially.
0: Yeah, Dido's asking, and the, they're from different places, and Aeneas is talking about the fall of his city. Yeah, exactly that. And, like, they're both refugees from different places that have come to this bar to try and find a home, basically. What did you think?
4: I mean, as Gabriel said, it's more about remembering about what happened than... Kind room of was in the mm. they were talking about like they were remembering about what happened and they were talking about where they ran away, right? Mm. Yeah. I
0: think like so they both lost people <laughs> obviously they had to leave their homes and they both lost people and yes is talking about how he had to leave his, he lost his wife. Yeah. Um, but, how do you think loss impacts somebody?
4: Well, if I'm honest it could actually leave some people scarred for life you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but to be honest, people need to lose to win because you can't always be winning all
3: the time. That's a good one. True. <laughs> Loss can also cause like people to have um vague memories or PTSD. So like say for an example, you could have lost someone in a completely different country and it makes you feel like it's your fault. So you start to blame yourself and then you start getting anxiety and depression because not because you've missed the person, but your anxiety increases because you're so concerned. Like, is it my fault that they had to leave? Is it my fault that I have to go somewhere else because of they've done X, Y and Z? And then there's, like Gable said, sometimes you lose um, people to, to like move forward, which is true because no matter where you go in life, you lose a lot of friends and you make more friends. So it's a bit like that.
4: Very much. I and mean, as much as it
3: hurts, yeah. you still have to pull through somehow.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's true. It that does you a better person in general.
0: A more resilient person.
4: Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got there as a team. We got there.
4: It's it's basically like it makes you learn from your mistakes, kinda.
0: Yeah.
4: I mean, it's only for some people, not for everyone. But like,
0: but is that how you feel about us? Basically? Yeah. Do you see any of that basically like trauma bringing you closer to somebody?
4: Yeah, no it does bring you closer. I mean, two people actually going through the same thing does bring you closer, since you're basically like, oh, I'm going through the same thing as that person. If I wanna get out of this thing, I'm gonna need that person's help, and the other person's gonna think the same thing. I don't know how to place it. Yeah,
0: no, I know what you mean. Let's just pretend that that you have to leave home, that you're a that you're a refugee, and you've come to the spa. All of you mm-hmm. are musicians, right? What do you think you'd miss most
4: from home? My grandparents, my family and everything like that. Just like you, you can't stop thinking about them you know? Yeah. Like especially that I grew with my grandparents. Is there anything
0: particularly like do with them or any food you, you associate with them? or?
4: Oh yes. Food. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was like younger. I think I was like seven or eight. My grandma made this one, um forgot what the dish was called. And it's like, it's this massive pot with like cabbage rolls in them. I ate the whole thing. And she'd be like, Audrey, you little... (laughs) Like, we would hate each other. Like, that kind of thing, like the hate-love thing. Love and
3: hate relationship. Love and hate relationship,
4: you know what I mean? Like, we would sometimes cast each other out, like, like, there's no tomorrow. Mm. And the next hour, we would literally just be so nice to each other. I'd be like... Oh, Grandma, do you want me to help you with this? She like, yes, please.
3: Yeah, it's like this play is like a love and hate relationship that I'm feeling like. um, Dido isn't sure about this person, so the only way she feels that she can comfort them is just lying, which can also lead into, like, hate as well, because if you lie to someone, they're going to start hating you. And some people, they feel like lying to someone kind of, like, attracts. Mm. So
0: how do you think, like, someone's actions affect the fate of others? So, like, in this, we've got, remember from last time, we have the two gods, the sisters, basically playing the puppet master over Mm -hmm. everyone else's lives. Can you think of any examples of, like, someone, basically, like, people that have, like, control over your life or, like, things that you've done that have, like, affected other people?
3: I've had, like, so many bad friends during, like, growing up. Like, I've had so many. I used to always be that type of girl, and I'd be like, I'm a tomboy. And like, I would want to fit in with other girls because I'm like, oh, they're they're girly, they're getting boyfriends and stuff. Like, I want to be like them. And I always try and fit in. And then when I came out to them, they were like, oh, that's disgusting. And and then that's when I knew, like, oh, I picked a bad bunch of people that I was hanging around with. And it's just like, throughout life, you've got to be careful who you talk to because you don't know what they're about. So it's like, you, like my mum always told me before you meet someone and you become true friends, sit back and observe them. Like observe like what they're like around their friends, like what they like around them like by themselves with you. And there uh, you can you can evaluate whether like, they're a good friend or not. Nest, 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 nest.